Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up here in just a few minutes, going to be joined by Omar Ruiz of the NFL Network. He is in Atlanta for the big game. We'll get an update from him. He'll set the scene for us for the big matchup between the Rams and the Patriots and tell us all we need to know from down in Atlanta coming up here in just a few minutes from right now. And joining me as always, this guy is more than happy right now. He's on cloud nine with his team about to play for the Super Bowl for the first time since 2001 in 17 years. It is uh, Thomas Bridges who joins me right now. Tom, how you living? Uh, pretty well, I would imagine, right now. Oh, yeah, I'm living really, really, really well, considering on uh, who's in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's been a while since we talked, but uh, I'm a one happy camper. And, and you should be. I, on the other end, am the complete opposite. I am one upset camper. I should be Atlanta right now. Instead, I have been in Kansas City all week, thanks to D. Ford going offsides. And... You know, also that bogus pass interference call, a number of things. There's a lot of things I can single-handedly point to of why I'm not in Atlanta right now. Instead, I'm stuck in Lawrence and Kansas City and dealing with, like, ne negative temperatures. It was like negative, to th negative three at one point on Wednesday. And instead of being in, you know, hot Atlanta, I know it's not hot down there per se, but, Tom, I I'm really feeling it. I didn't have a rooting interest per se, uh, but I did want to see – KC get there so I could get there. This That's what hurts me, not from a fandom level by any means, but from a personal level. That is where I'm hurt and where this uh, this drags on, uh, this Super Bowl. I, I'm really – this has been a struggle this week, my friend. Oh, I would be very hurt too. If you were to tell me that if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, I could have came with you, I probably would have went to Kansas City myself and pulled a Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. Just find oh, some yeah. way. Oh, it's, I mean, it's just what are the chances? Kansas City could have had it. Uh, you know, a miss offsides call. But, I mean, it comes down to the Bob Sutton defense. I mean, I know Tom Brady's great and all that, but it's like, come on. Tony Romo didn't get Bob Sutton fired. Bob Sutton got fired on his own uh, with a pitiful <laughs> job that he had done throughout. This was more than just one game. This was in the making for years how bad his defenses were there uh, in Kansas City for a while. Um, now you bring in Steve Spagnola to run that defense, and it seems to be a good hire. No problems there. Uh, we'll talk about that more with Omar coming up in a little bit from right now. But, man, I, I'm, I'm still losing sleep over that one, of that there was just oh, so I many little be. things. Uh, you know, Just a, a play or two goes differently, and I'm spending the week in Atlanta instead of being here in freezing Kansas City all week, Tom. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine the Super Bowl party? Hell, um, Triple Reese said he was getting you into the Maxim party. Come on. I know. You're I, I, I could have been at the Maxim party. Uh, I could have been at the Barstool party. Uh, there was a number of things I had planned out, ready to go. Here's what the original plan was. So, Tom, I went to Lexington this weekend, and I'll talk about that here in just a second. I went down there for KU Kentucky, and the plan was I was going to drive down there and then from there, I was going to drive from Lexington to Atlanta on Sunday, which is about a five-hour drive. Not bad at all, right? And then, what do you know, the Chiefs lose. And so I spent my Sunday driving eight and a half hours all the way back from Lexington to Lawrence 
instead of making my way to the Super Bowl. That one, uh, I, I think that's when it finally hit me, Tom, that I wasn't going to the Super Bowl was the fact that I was driving west instead of going south. Like that one, that's when it really hit me hard, Tom. Yeah, that would have been the longest drive of my life. Oh, I was I was speeding so fast. I'm like, just just get me home now. Uh, I, I will admit, and I hope my mother is not listening, uh, the minimum speed I went on the highway the entire way was uh, was 80. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah, I, I couldn't have. I would have, especially, I mean, you're a Steelers fan first, but you're also a Chief fan now that you have to cover them. Uh, if that would have been me in the position in the rain, I probably would have cried. I, I almost did. I, uh, I I did get you would have, I, you would have been justified. I, I was more so angry than I was sad per se, Tom. That's that's yeah, the emotion oh, I came across. Um, I, mean, I don't express I mean, once in a lifetime shot. I don't express emotion through sadness. Like I either get really happy or like really upset, and that's how I felt after all that went down. But at the same time, Tom, sitting there, I was thinking. This is the same damn Chiefs, isn't it? Like this is like it is. It's just such Andy Reid. It, it's, it's Andy Reid. It's the Chiefs. It's all of that. Like, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, I got my hopes up too much, and I kept telling myself, I kept telling myself, don't get your hopes up. It's still the Chiefs. It's still the Chiefs. They're gonna find a way to screw this up. It's the Chiefs. It's Andy Reid. And what do you know? By golly, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, no joke. I mean, Bill Belichick, he's, you know, smart, and, and this isn't the last time the Chiefs are going to be in this position, I don't think. Um, so maybe they, you know, maybe they do next year. Maybe maybe you'll root for the Rams to put Brady in the dirt this week and uh, hopefully come through with the win, and I don't think he's going to retire either way. But, uh, man, it's it's getting there to where we got to end this thing. Someone's got to end this thing. Right? Somebody does, please. Some, some sorts, just anybody, you know. Um, you know, New England, I, I really say, you know, I'm blaming KC. At the same time, New England did so many things well in that AFC championship game that they took advantage of. Credit where credit's due to Brady and Belichick for uh, getting to that point, getting to the Super Bowl, and uh, and taking away my trip to Atlanta for the week. Uh, but I will say, you know, though. I was I was mad at the Patriots for the longest time when I was a kid. I hated Tom Brady uh, be- just because they weren't supposed to be the greatest show on turf Rams. It wasn't supposed to happen. And then after the fact, it, like, came out. What about, that, yeah, when Spygate came out? Yeah, okay, so I was pissed. If I was in your position, I would hate Bill Belichick and Tom Brady for the rest of existence. Right, like really, you know? I mean, I mean, I mean it's. Uh, I mean, as a fan, I mean, you can hate. Be- I mean, you don't hate them as a person. You just hate what they've done. Like, you're not gonna go up to Tom Brady if you meet him, and be like, "Dude, screw you." Some people would. I wouldn't. No, um, I- I'm not mad at New England. I'm mad at D Ford and the Chiefs for costing themselves. And yeah. And I'm also mad at the NFL for having the dumbest overtime rules in all of sports. That's what I'm mad at. I'm not, you know, New England, you play to win the game. You do that. That's my, my anger is still geared toward those who, uh, who made mistakes to cost me, not New England who took advantage of opportunity. That is true. I mean, I would still be, if it was the Rams, if the, you know, I would, and that happened, I would be rooting for whatever team against the Patriots. I would, if the Patriots win this weekend, 
I'll probably feel somewhat hate again against the Patriots the same way I did in 2001-2002. Is it fair to say that Andy Reid, I, I think Andy Reid is a very good regular season coach, but when it comes to the postseason, Tom, Andy Reid is Marvin Lewis with a better credit score. <laughs> that is a hell of a way to put it. Uh, and I think you're probably dead on. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he got outcoached. He got outsmarted everything. Brady outcoached Andy Reid with the adjustments he made on the field. And Bob Sutton and company. Uh, that's why they're sitting at home and why New England's advanced. Uh, KC was the better team. But New England was the better coach team that day. Oh, of course. I mean... And that's what it comes down to. If you can't get the job done, you just can't get the job done. Uh, I mean, even at home where they should have won, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta, you know, got to make the plays and, and should have known that you give Tom Brady that much time, it's not going to work out for you. And I really hope that the Rams watch that and said, you know what, don't give the ball back to Tom Brady in the final possession. Don't do it. I will say, though, um, you know, the, the nice consolation prize of still going to Lexington was a good time. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen much of how they do things in Kentucky, Tom, but Rupp Arena seats, they say capacity is like 23,000, and they were able to go standing room only and seat 24,000 to watch a regular season basketball game. It was insane. unbelievable. Rupp Arena, there's nothing flashy about it. It's not the nicest place by any means. It's just huge. Just people everywhere. I don't know how people could see in that place. Also, with Rupp Arena, they have a hotel connected to the arena and a mall connected to the arena. So you can Damn, take... I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's downtown. You can take walk bridges to go from the hotel to the arena to the mall all between the three. It's like a triangle of sorts. Did you go in the mall? I did, briefly. I didn't spend much time there, but I did check it out. It's pretty cool, actually. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Did it have, like, stores like a, like a, a normal mall would? Or was yeah. it all, like... Yeah, it was, a normal, it was a normal mall, just like anything else. And the hotel connected to it was like a Hyatt or something. What? Yeah. Damn, I need to go now. That's awesome. I mean, that was, it's kind of Vegas, Vegasy. And it's right there downtown, close to everything. And probably about two or three miles from campus. I know that, you know, I'm usually not a big fan of off-campus arenas, Tom, but it's still relatively close. You got all that stuff down there. It is the item of the town. Like, it felt like a college, you know, football Saturday, but just moved indoors with everything around it. Like, I actually... I know Rupp gets a bad rap. A lot of people aren't a fan of it. I, I, I appreciated that I could go somewhere and somebody appreciated the game of college basketball either close to or just as much as KU fans. Like, I don't see that in the Big 12 when I go to these other sites. Nobody treats basketball like KU does in this conference. Uh, Kentucky, this was a big deal to those guys. This was their – it felt like their season, their game of the year, was getting to have Kansas in that building and the aura around that arena, around that town was pretty cool. I, I was a fan of Lexington. So would you would you say that Kentucky does it better than KU? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it. I mean, Rupp Arena was nice, but 
as Bill Self said, that's no Allen Fieldhouse. That's true. I was just, you know, obviously I've never been. That's, I need to go to more college basketball games for sure. Now on my list. That, that game's coming up. What what day is that KU-OSU game? Uh, it's coming up next month, I believe. Is it the 9th? Uh, that is the 9th, Saturday the 9th. Oh, it is a Saturday. I might try to find my way down then. That's not too bad of a drive. Yeah, that's uh, that's 11 a.m. tip-off that day. Oh, well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was a fan. Uh, I, I liked Rupp. I would love to go back. Uh, they do things well there. Lexington's a neat town. So much bourbon down there, Tom. That's calling my name. They My drive from Louisville to Lexington, which was about an hour, just over an hour, I kid you not, I probably passed by anywhere between eight to ten distilleries. Now, I was driving at night, so I didn't get to stop there, but I couldn't believe it how many distilleries there were in just a short amount of time. See, I would probably would have been drunk before I got in town. Right? You know, now, I to be honest, I've never been to a distillery. I've never been to a place where, they, you know, you try out liquors. I am more of like a, you know, obviously you can do beer more easily. You can try... 12 beers before you can try 12 liquors. Sure. That's just how it is. But I would be willing to, you know, see how it goes, and I would definitely need to call an Uber. <laughs> right? Yeah, no doubt about I mean, it. But that's awesome. I, I would love to try, like, some fresh out, you know, some home home distilling, if, if you will. I had the uh, best fried chicken, at least chick- chicken strips anyway, in my life when I was in Kentucky. And in your life. Yes. That good? Yes, that good. It wasn't from KFC, believe it or not. Uh, not, hope. not that Kentucky Fried Chicken. I went to this place called Joella's, Tom, and they had these chicken tenders cooked to perfection. The right amount of crispy and soft together. And this sauce they gave me, like, this made cane sauce look average as no. far as how good this was. It was a mixture. I saw your tweet to them. Did they... Did they ever respond? They they liked it. Um, the sauce was a mixture of like ranch and cheese together. Oh my! It was outstanding. You should have got some like take back. Like, hey, can I get a bottle of this? Right. I didn't think. Funny about story. It. Do you remember Jones speaking of? We're just you're talking about sauces. Now you make me want to like try that place because that sounds amazing. Um. But do you remember the Volcano Taco from Taco Bell? Yes. So they had a um, they had the Volcano sauce, and I used to go so much, and it, that's why I gained all my weight. Um, I used to go so much that I was like, okay, uh, the people knew me through the drive-thru, and they would say, you want a Volcano burrito with extra Volcano sauce? And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I want. Um, so one day I went through and they were like, is this Thomas? And I was like, God, this is terrible. <laughs> I was like, this is what it's come down to. You build a reputation. Yes. And they gave me, it didn't come in a bottle. They gave me a whole bag of volcano sauce. One of the greatest days of my entire life. That sounds um, amazing. I used it all. I put it on everything. Volcano sauce. Oh, uh, it was, I mean, it was super hot, but it was way worth it. What'd you put it on besides tacos, obviously? Um, like burgers, 
Uh, if I made nachos, I put it all over some chicken one time. Oh my gosh, that does sound good. No, oh, it was it was delicious. But you might have to see if you can go online. Was it a chain restaurant? Per you know, se? it uh, it was a local chain. They they had restaurants around the area. Uh, they're in like four different states, but they hadn't quite expand. They're they're still expanding. Nice. We need to like message him the same way we did with like mayo and see if we can get a bottle of sauce it's kind of like brother oogs we could do that right i would be in uh to, to get the sauce up here and just had to make our own fried chicken of some sorts or yeah yeah that would that would be that's fine with me that's definitely an idea remember we said i know i'm going off on another tangent here uh but we talked about just doing a food show this summer when it slows down yeah, and we got so busy that we didn't get to it this past summer, which was crazy. Um, we uh, we had so much to get to. So maybe we'll do it uh, later on this summer. Eventually, Tom, we'll just keep teasing this for each summer, and it'll eventually catch up to us like you know, four or five years from now. We'll finally do and this food show. And we'll just have show. to do a whole month of food. Right? To make up for the time that we were supposed to do this food show. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as baseball kicks off. Right? Oh, yeah. It'd be perfect timing. Uh, I, I think this is a good time to say this since we're mentioning food and doing a food show. Uh, I think Guy Fieri is terrible. I'm not a fan. I do like watching uh, dives, diners, and drive-ins, though, just because I I like to – I kind of like to see, like, what there is out there. Uh, and it gives you, you know, things like – if you were to see that place on dives, diners, and drive-ins, you would say, hey, if I'm ever through there, I can go there. Or if they have something, uh, ever since I've been dating this girl almost two years now, our big thing is, like, trying new recipes. Uh, and we've made some awesome ones. We made this sriracha steak the other night. I'm going to send you the recipe that was out of this world. Really? Uh, so we might just switch. I might just, you know, go Gordon Ramsay one day and, and – uh, start cooking and go that route instead of uh giving hot takes right uh at least be gordon ramsay not uh guy fietti yeah that's that's the goal that i hope i'm willing to put this out there tom that guy fietti is a fake food guy like that he doesn't really know what he's talking about he's a fraud i mean everything he eats is just like chicken wings pizza i mean all you have to do is go on the show the same way he does eat something that someone else recommended him. Like, oh, damn, this is really good. And that's all he says. And he goes from restaurant to restaurant. He's like, oh, this is incredible. And it cuts to him in the next scene going to a different restaurant, eating, like, a different chicken wing. He's like, damn, this is awesome. I don't <laughs> go to TJ Fridays because of him. He said what? I don't go to TGI Fridays because of him, because of his annoying, you know, awful I ads. Been to a, I haven't been to a Fridays in years. Oh, yeah. I, I think the one in Tulsa didn't get hit by the tornado a couple of years ago. And I think it did. It didn't it, like, never come back? I don't think so. Yeah. But, uh, hey, it was overpriced you, anyway. You you damn sure bet they rebuilt that Whataburger. Oh, yeah. That that was not going to last uh, long of it not being. There was a Whataburger in Tulsa that did get hit by a tornado, and in the middle of it, like, being repaired, somebody put a sign that said, uh, in and out is coming. Oh yeah, and it was a total that. hoax. Waterburger is better than In and Out, you know. Oh no question. In and Out believer. No question. Don't get me wrong. 
if In and Out came to Oklahoma, I would still eat it. But of course, if there was a Waterburger in Bartlesville and in In and Out, I would choose Waterburger every single time. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people like to throw in Brahms in the discussion. Here, here's my problem with Brahms: is that does Brahms have good ice cream? Yes. Do they have good burgers? Yes. Do they have good chicken? Yes. Everything they have is good, but half the time I get it, Tom. It's cold. Yeah, I do agree, and they have good fries. And at the end of the day, are their burgers better than water burgers? No. No. Is the ice cream better than water burgers? Yes. Yes. But if it's cold, it doesn't matter how good it is. It's cold. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have the variety that Whataburger does. Right. Goodness. Yeah. We, we, we could keep going on and on uh, as we far could. as the food goes. Uh, but, yeah, Kentucky was a good time. Had a, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, another place, Tom, in Kentucky that I enjoyed. Um, if you make your way on south, you don't have to go to Kentucky to do this. This is all over the south from Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, the Carolinas, you name it, Tennessee, this, uh, there's this popular chain. Have you tried cookout before? No, but I saw you posted and it looks like a legit spot. Okay. So at cookout, listen to this time. I was able to get a burger, fries, hush puppies, and a shake for seven bucks. Damn. That is a solid deal. Yeah. And I was stuffed afterwards. I was tempted to get another burger, but by the time I finished that shake, that was a no, no can do. But yeah, that, it was quite the deal. Um, it tastes like, and it's one of the rare things. It reminded me. You, you, you remember backyard burger? Oh yeah, of course. Backyard burger actually tasted like a grilled hamburger. You know, like it actually did come from a grill. Cookout, it mm. had that same taste to it. No, you know, backyard cookout, same thing. You got to live up to your name. What happened to Backyard Burger, by the way? I don't know. Didn't they do the Union Jinx game or the Union BA game forever? Yeah, and, and they were right there by Union football. High School. Yeah, I I yeah, loved right there on yeah. I loved Backyard Burger. I don't know. That's a good question. That's uh, we we got to get some intel on that. Get a team to figure out what happened to Backyard Burger. Well, yeah, we definitely need to. Yeah, get an investigation. What happened to Backyard Burger? The million-dollar question. Uh, we got a lot more to come here on the Jones Report today. We will talk about this Super Bowl game more in depth uh, yeah. coming up. Then uh, we can talk about the food yeah. in the Super Bowl game. We, I'll say this. Food at the Super Bowl, by the way, Tom, is uh, relatively cheap. You can get, like, a hot dog for 2 bucks, a drink for like $2. See, the real question is Chick-fil-A going to be open or not? That I don't no, know. No, it will not. It will not or be. Or you see or you see the best of both teams. So you got like the Boston area clam chowder. What is LA known for? Um what is LA known for? Uh I don't know. Bunch of tofu and, and vegan food? Hey, I'm going to research it and that's coming up next on the Doctor or on the Jones report. Get get the name of the show right, Tom. Come on now. Yeah. We'll get to that uh, <laughs> and we'll break down this game. We'll actually talk about the matchup, believe it or not, coming up here in just a few minutes. Also going to talk about it more with uh, Omar Ruiz at the NFL Network as well. Uh, coming up right now on the Jones report our uh, interview with Omar Ruiz here on the Jones report. 
We continue here on the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you, joined by Omar Ruiz of the NFL Network, who joins us right now. I'm so jealous of this guy, not just for the fact that he's at the Super Bowl, but the, the fact that I should be there. If D4 doesn't get off sides, uh, not to mention that it's like negative three degrees here in Kansas City, and he's, you know, in Atlanta, where I'm sure the temperatures are much better than it is here right now. Uh, Omar Ruiz joins us right now. Omar, I, I am. Uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and live vicariously through you for the rest of the week because I really wish I was down there. Hope you're having a good time, man. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Always good to be on with you. It sounds like uh, the weather's a lot worse than it is here. I'm looking at the uh, forecast in the 30s right now, but it's supposed to warm up into the 50s through the weekend. And, and on Super Bowl Sunday, when everyone's walking to the stadium, should be uh, picture perfect for a Sunday afternoon of football. And, and you just look forward to uh, you know, to what this weekend has to have in store with, with the perspective of what we were dealing with last year in Minneapolis and those negative 25 and, and 30 degrees and all of that. But uh, I, I know, you know, Chiefs Nation and Chiefs Kingdom is still reeling from that, that loss, you know, um, you know, that Super Bowl trip taken away from you guys. But uh, it could be worse. You could be a Saints fan right now and, and, and dealing with that and all those emotions. That's happening in New Orleans right now. Right. I, I'll say this, though. I I am much more happy in the sense that, you know, I'm sitting here uh, wondering why D. Ford had to be offsides instead of the Saints situation where it was straight taken away from them uh, out of their control. I mean, the, the Chiefs had every opportunity to win that game and, you know, you know, shot themselves in the foot. It was their own fault why they're not there. The Saints situation is totally different. That was, that was straight robbed from them uh, of their Super Bowl trip was taken right out of their hands without their control. Well, I'll play devil's advocate for you. You know, I was at the Pro Bowl last week talking to you a little bit and just talking to some other, uh, you know, coaches uh, from around the league, and their thought was that, you know, that's how D plays. D toes that line uh, literally uh, all the time. And so for the fact for them to call that um, in the fourth quarter, in that critical moment when, you know, he, he kind of lines up offside, um, you know, frequently uh, was, was a call that, you know, they felt, kind of was unfortunate for the Chiefs um but but it you know to the letter of the law it, it was an accurate call and he was offsides and you know they'll have to live with it and hopefully that that fuels their fire for next season but uh, unfortunate circumstances nonetheless before we talk too much about this game uh you you mentioned you were down at the Pro Bowl and everything what was kind of the vibe around these Chiefs players I know Mahomes was named the MVP Anthony Sherman had a really good game uh Tyree Kill played well uh I mean those guys what, what was the attitude like uh, being, you know, just less than a week removed from uh, disappointment like they were in that AFC championship game? Well, they seemed to be in good spirits. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was each of their first Pro Bowl. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Hill's been before, but, uh, but they was certainly Hill's were making the most time, of it. You know, obviously it, we know. It was Hill's first know, time as know. a wide receiver. He's gone as a, as a returner before. Okay. That, so that's what it was. And so, uh, so, you know, they seem to be in good spirits, upbeat, you know, just chatted with uh, with Patrick a little bit and saw Anthony Sherman in the, in the uh, hotel elevator and, and uh, you know, I chatted with Dee for a while. Um, you know, they're all looking forward to next year and, and they feel like they're building something special there in Kansas City, and especially as Dee's contract situation looms. He wants to be back. Um, you know, he feels like he's going into his, his third contract. Uh, with the Chiefs because, you know, he had the rookie year. Obviously, he feels like the fifth-year option was a whole other contract in and of itself. And so now he, he angles for a third. And, you know, he, he told me, you know, his happiness and, 
and and playing in Kansas City is important to him. It's his home now, and he he wants to be a part of something special. And so, uh, you know, not that he's going to take a hometown discount, but he's certainly not looking to break the bank. And and I think if circumstances play out right for for him and for the Chiefs, uh, you know, he should be back in 2019. But uh, a lot to look forward to there, certainly. Oh yeah, that's exciting. That's uh, that's great to hear that uh, the D Ford and company is uh, feeling good, good vibes at the uh, Pro Bowl this past week, and, and we know that change is already on the horizon. Uh, Bob Sutton's out, Steve Spagnola's in at the defensive uh, coordinator position, but that's going to be the first of many changes when it comes to this defense with the draft picks this team has, and you know whatever changes they're going to be make. Uh, I mean that offense is set; they're solid. You might add a running back uh, or two based on replacing Kareem Hunt, but other than that going to this offseason I imagine the focus is going to be the defense with this team uh, once again yeah and then you know I, I think you know the, you would think you know after, after Eric Berry's you know come back and kind of in and out of the lineup there late in the year that you know, might be start looking for, for his replacement not to say that he can't still have good years of football ahead but um, you know the, the injuries that he's had to overcome just you know so so devastating and and so difficult that you know as we saw you know some some, you know, 15, 16 months after the initial injury, still dealing with that. So, um, you know, you got to shore up the back end. Uh, you know, the, the D Ford situation will obviously be a question and how they deal with that up front. Justin Houston's not getting any younger. And, you know, Hitchens came in, you know, produced well. But, uh, you know, across the board, like you said, there, there's issues to be addressed, not just with the coaching staff, as we saw with, uh, you know, Sutton out and Spagnola in, but, but also with personnel on the field as well. Uh, Spagnola, we, we know that he was head coach for the Rams and struggled there for a bit and was a part of some Super Bowl teams with the Giants there as a defensive coordinator. What's uh, the talk uh, about Spagnola and this hire coming into Kansas City? What's exactly he going to bring to this uh, this Chiefs defense? Well, I think he'll, he'll get the guys to play hard. I think that's one one of the trademarks you know, for Spagnola's teams, even those, those underperforming teams with the Rams. You know, I don't think effort was ever the question. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe talent and, and, uh, you know, performing when, when they needed them to was the key, but, you know, I think he'll get that right away and, and not the guys didn't play hard for Bob Sutton, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a new age in the NFL. Um, certainly with, you know, the, the new style of offenses and, and, you know, the, the less, um, emphasis on, um, you know, hard hitting across the middle and, and the offensive rule changes that we've seen and, and the different motions, you know, from the offensive standpoint. So, um, you know, I think effort will be the first thing. And then, you know, stylistically, uh, you know, he'll, he'll try to get the most out of those players uh, to move side to side like like the new game needs and, um, you know, may, maybe get faster from top to bottom. Okay, okay. That, that would be uh, good. Just those little things alone would go a long way for this team where this uh, group is at defensively. Omar Ruiz joining us from the NFL Network here on the Jones Report right now. Uh, Omar, uh, you know, this week it's expected that Patrick Mahomes will be named uh, MVP at the NFL Honors Ceremony and and uh, all that comes with that. Uh, I mean, even though he's not playing in the game on Sunday, this is still a big week for Patrick Mahomes with all that comes with uh, this uh, this week ahead, uh, getting ready for that announcement and everything uh, there at the Super Bowl. Uh, this is this huge for him, uh, to, as we expect him to uh, get this award. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, what I've been telling people here, you know, and kind of appearances on Radio Row and everything, is ask me about Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I covered about four or five Chiefs games this year. And, and I think Patrick Mahomes really has a chance to be the face of the NFL. I think he's well on his way for that. And really to even transcend football. I think he's 
he's one of those guys that's not only a great player, but the, the style with which he plays and the creativity he brings to the field. Uh, you know, he's an entertainer. And, and that, that's kind of the key word that stands out for me about him. Not only is he a great quarterback, he's a great passer, strong arm, all that sort of stuff, but the entertainment value you get from someone uh, like Patrick Mahomes and watching him play really supersedes the sport itself. And, you know, with the good head he has on his shoulders, uh, the work that he puts in, and, you know, it's all earned. And, um, and I don't think he takes it for granted and, and certainly appreciates these opportunities. And I think that that regular season MVP will only fuel that fire to uh, perhaps add a Super Bowl MVP here in the near future. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that'd be great if uh, if that's the case. Uh, the future of the league at that quarterback position. Uh, you you see with Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. You know it's only his third year in the league. What Baker Mayfield did in his rookie season, breaking the rookie touchdown record. Mahomes is going to be the MVP in just his second year in the league. The, the young quarterbacks right now are they have arrived. We're not waiting on these guys anymore. It's very clear that uh, they're taking this league by storm. That these guys, uh, it, it's not about the future. The future is right now with these guys and i think it says a lot about you know a picture that i saw from the pole bowl with patrick mahomes mitch trubisky and deshaun watson uh pro bowlers in their second years each of them and, and the 2017 quarterback class was panned lead wide i think people were so surprised that mitch trubisky went number two because i you know th- there was a lot of thought that there may not be a quarterback taken in the top 20. And then you had, you know, Mitch go number two and, and the Bears trading up for him. And, and then, of course, Mahomes and and Watson get traded up for as well and, and kind of had that run on quarterbacks. And, and look at them now, uh, all pro bowlers in their second year. And you mentioned Goff in his third year. And, you know, Carson Wentz also in his class that, you know, has proven to be an MVP caliber kind of quarterback if he can stay healthy. So, you know, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen flashed at times. We saw Lamar Jackson take his team to the playoffs. Josh Rosen now has a quarterback guru, offensive guy, Cliff Kingsbury. So the future very, very bright. That's not even to mention Sam Darnold, another guy who flashed and now has that Adam Gase there running the show. So, yeah, as much as you know, we look forward to seeing how long Tom Brady and Drew Brees and the rest of the old guard can keep playing and, and, and impressing people, with not only their play, but just how they're defying father time, the league is in good hands with that young quarterback who, who ultimately, Tyler, as you know, uh, very much the the face of the league and, and the future of the NFL. Well, and also what, what I'm noticing here, Omar, is that with all these good young quarterbacks now being drafted every single year, more than we've seen in a long time, if ever, there's no excuse anymore for these these teams to not have good quarterback play, at least decent quarterback play. You, you look at a team like the Jaguars, yeah, they're going to move on from Blake Bortles. They're going to look for their options. These other teams, uh, they're, they're not going to settle for average quarterback play. I mean, everybody's going to be expected to find a good quarterback just to compete at a high level anymore. It's not good enough uh, to get away with, uh, with you know, below average to average quarterback play like it once was uh even just a few years ago you know Peyton Manning wins the Super Bowl throwing nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions I mean that in 2019 would would not fly today people are you're you're expected to have uh good quality quarterback play all around and we're seeing that across the league now yeah you look at the uh the four finalists uh, in the NFL this year the top four teams in the league Tom Brady leading the Patriots, averaging 39 points or so in the playoffs. And, 
you know, the Rams have consistently been able to light it up. So, yeah, it is an offensive league, um, you know, from an entertainment standpoint as well as uh, from a practical standpoint, you know, winning, uh, you got to score. And so, you know, the league is responding to that. And as far as young quarterbacks go, yeah, I mean, they've been impressing. I think you're seeing this generation of quarterbacks come through that throughout their entire, you know, youth football days have played in those seven-on-seven leagues and, and really have gotten to know the position. and and they're kind of bred to be franchise quarterbacks. A lot of those guys, um, as they make it through, you know, the different levels of football. And then I think that coincides with the full effect of the collective bargaining agreement in 2011, where, you know, the teams can't practice as much. So there's not as much playbook to absorb. There's just, you know, from a practical standpoint, not as much time with the teams and their teammates. So, so by, by nature, you know, maybe they have to keep things a little more simple so the the rookies and younger players can absorb. And so you're seeing that, you know, combination of factors allowing for quarterbacks to succeed at an earlier age that, that maybe we didn't see just a few years ago. Yeah, and you less time to game plan and everything. I mean, uh, and the game has gotten, you know, you know easier for the quarterbacks and since they're protected more. Maybe that's why there's room for possibly a guy like Kyler Murray and such to make it to the next level when there may have not been in the past of where this league is uh, headed right now. Omar Ruiz of the NFL Network joining us here on the Jones Report right now. Omar, this game that you're covering, the Patriots and Rams, this is it feels like a toss-up game that it really could go either way and there's so many good storylines uh that go along with this game i mean these these two teams are polar opposites basically uh when when you look at uh how they are and a very uh veteran you know patriots team that's you know trying to win it again uh, compared to the rams team that's their first time here uh two, two two very different teams which makes for a very interesting matchup that uh that, that really could go either way you know, I, yeah, it's it is interesting when you look at the Rams. They only have four players with Super Bowl experience: um, Sam Shields, C.J. Anderson, Akib Talib, Brandon Cooks, um, and and then thirty six players uh, from the Patriots. You know, having Super Bowl experience. You know, most of them from the last couple of years. Um, but I think this Rams team is, is capable of handling all the distractions and obligations they have going this week. Remember, this is a team before that Chiefs game was dealing with the fires in Southern California. You know, a lot of them had to evacuate their homes and live out of hotels, and then they go to Colorado to train for the altitude they were expecting to see in Mexico City. Never happened, but they had all that bonding experience, and then they come home, you know, because the game's, of course, being played in L.A. now, and some of them still can't get into their houses before that game. And not only do they deal with it, but they're able to win football games around those circumstances. And really, every sort of adversity that they faced, losing Aqib Tlaib earlier in the year, then they go 8-1 and in his absence. They, they lost the last couple games late in the year to the Bears and Eagles, and they come back in dominating fashion with C.J. Anderson now uh, you know, leading the way in that rush attack as Todd Gurley's gotten back healthy. So um, as much as we talk about Tom Brady and as much as we are prepared to see him at his best, I think the Rams will be able to respond to the challenge. And, and like you said, I do agree. This will be a great game, come down to the fourth quarter. And much like the Eagles did last year, it'll come down to, is that defensive line able to make a play like they did last year on Brady, you know, causing that forced fumble and 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 making that happen. You know, can, can Donald and Sue and, and company replicate that when it matters most late in the fourth, ultimately decide the game. 
Yeah, and you know they've been the best defense in the league for a reason, or at least the best pass rush anyway, and, and that would be huge for this team if they can uh, pull that off to do so. For New England, what's uh, besides obviously Tom Brady, who, who's going to need to step up for this uh, team uh, to go toe-to-toe with this Rams bunch? Because they're going to have to score points, a lot of points uh, to go toe-to-toe with them. Who needs to have a big game besides Brady for this uh, New England team uh, on that offense? Well, I think it's not sexy to talk about, Tyler, but I think that offensive line, um, you know, they, they continue to play at a high level here in this postseason. I don't think we've seen Brady uh, get touched uh, during these playoffs, and they've been the key to this run game, you know, and, and they have such a dynamic way of using James White and Rex Burkhead and, and the rest of that crew. Josh McDaniel's creativity has been a, a strong point for that team. And and you look at some at, – at the way that the Rams and, and Patriots, not necessarily similar in the schemes they, they run with McVay and Josh McDaniels, but, but similar in this way, in that the Patriots, you know, they have that quick game. Tom Brady gets the hands out quickly. We'll, we'll drop these screens and short passes and, and use those backs out of the backfield. Well, the Rams want to establish the run game, and, and as we know, those two components can work very similarly a run game and that short pass game and that sets up the explosive plays that we know Tom Brady is certainly capable of and 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 Jared Goff along with Brandon Cooks and and Robert Woods and the rest of that Rams receiving core have shown to be so so yeah they're different in many ways but I think similar in in their effectiveness and I would expect both offenses to really play well and and for us to kind of have a another high scoring game maybe not that 54-51 Monday night classic we saw against against the Chiefs but but a similar style of high-scoring affair for this Super Bowl. What about uh, defensively? We mentioned the Rams' defense is so good. Is New England's defense good enough to hang with uh, this offense that the Rams are going to put out there? Yeah, I think they've they've played their best when when they've needed to. And and you know, Bill Belichick, the you know, arguably the best defensive coach of all time, and the chess match that he always comes up with. So I think I don't think he'll stop the Rams. You know, I think they'll be able to get their points, but. You know, I think he'll be able to slow them down enough where you give Tom Brady a chance to, to win the game for you. So I don't think, you know, they're fooling themselves, you know, thinking that they're going to stop anybody. But but I think they can be effective and ultimately win the game, which was has always been what they're all about in New England. Not necessarily, you know, what sort of stats they can put up or if they can sack Goff a number of times. But if they can affect him, um, you know, either allow the secondary to make plays or just to keep them in the game, they'll they'll certainly take that. Omar, when I look back at the teams that have beat New England in the Super Bowl, those two Giants teams and the Eagles team last year, it seemed like there was either some really big plays that were just out of this world or, you know, some trick plays, some sports sorts. You know, it was the Philly special last year, the Tyree catch a few years back uh, when the Giants won. Uh, it, it seems like for the Rams, in order to, to get this done, that I would think they're going to have to pull off something like that, whether it's some unexpected play of some sorts or some, you know, a couple of trick plays or some sorts. I mean, if there's any guy that can pull that off, I imagine Sean McVay is probably going to have a couple of things up his sleeve that he's been saving for a moment like this. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, and that's something I uh, asked the Rams special teams coordinator, John Fossil, today. I said, John, you guys have been pulling off fake punts and fake field goals and and all these surprises for so long. Remember, Fossil is one of the few holdovers from Jeff Fisher's staff that Sean McVay kept aboard, and, and certainly one of the best special teams coordinators in the business. 
and they've been playing at a high level. And and he basically told me that because you know their punter is so good, their their kicker is so good, it's just kind of like a good quarterback. You know, you, you put so much focus on him that you're allowed to establish a run a little bit. And it's the same thing. They have such good specialists that it allows the other uh, opposing uh, special teams to, to focus in on them. They've allowed to, to make those opportunities strike. And Sean McVay hasn't shied away from using those those tricks up his sleeve when called upon and having the guts to make those calls. So, so yeah, I, you know, I would expect the Rams to pull out all the stops, um, looking for ways to uh, surprise New England, uh, but not necessarily chase ghosts and try to overthink this game plan, but certainly they'll have all their cards up their sleeve. Ultimately, who do you like to win this game, Omar? Well, I'm not ready to give a pick yet. Uh, you know, I, I think. Um, do you have a do you have a gauge of how you think those games going to go? What what are we looking at? A high scoring, maybe you know somewhere in between, low scoring game. You got any idea what you think how it's going to go that way? Yeah, yeah. I I expect the game to. Uh, I think the winning team will will be in the 40s. I do expect a shootout like that. Um, I think. Uh, both quarterbacks will play well. I think Goff will answer uh, Tom Brady, two Northern California natives, um, you know, squaring off each other from different generations, of course, but uh, certainly familiar with one another's background. Um, and then I think the difference becomes in that fourth quarter, uh, again, which defensive front uh, can make the plays when it matters to affect Goff or Brady? The superstars from the Rams or the less heralded bunch from the Patriots. I think that, that'll ultimately decide the game, and, and whoever makes those plays uh, will be the difference. Omar, uh, before we let you run, i, I got to ask you, while you're down there in Atlanta, is there any specific question you're trying to ask or somebody you're trying to find down there? I know besides the great Steve Weiss, you know I mean? Like, he's, he's a little too busy for, for us little people, you know, but uh, is, is there something that you're trying to find while you're down there at, at Super Bowl week? Well, Tyler, I'm always looking for good food, man. There, there's two things I love in this world, uh, you know, specifically as it relates to my job, and that's football and, and food. So, uh, you know, I'm getting all the food, football I can handle, and I'll be looking for some good meals down here in Atlanta. I know some of that southern cooking uh, is, is down home and downright good. So um, I, think, I think that's my mission uh, the next few days to, uh, you know, find, find some good meals that, that rival some of those that I've had in Kansas City this year and, and that fine barbecue you guys have up there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a lot of football, a lot of food to come and, and celebrate good times. And it's a, it's a big reunion here, you know, seeing all the people from around the country, um, you know, that, that maybe I see once or twice a year. And, and to see all those people that you've established relationships over the years um, is also a cool time, too. So, you know, football, food, friends. You know, what more can you ask for, buddy? Oh, that sounds great. I uh, wish I was down there. Have a good time, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up down the line soon. You're, you're, you're not wrong about that Southern food. I was in Kentucky over the weekend for that KU-Kentucky game, and I had the best chicken strips of my life. Oh, uh, get out of here. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, man, that's right up my alley, man. It, the uh, sauce, Omar, was uh, – this ranch sauce with cheese mixed together. Oh, wow. And the strips were just cooked to perfection. The mashed potatoes were so good. Um, now I'm hoping that KU finds a way maybe to go to Louisville for the NCAA tournament so I can go back there <laughs> just for this chicken. So that's my goal. I'm going to we'll have see. to loosen the belt just listening to that. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Omar, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, follow this guy on the NFL Network. He'll be busy all week long uh, covering this uh, this 53rd edition of the Super Bowl uh, between the Rams and the Patriots. Omar, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, man. All right, Tyler. Anytime, buddy. Big thanks to Omar Ruiz for joining us here on the Jones Report today. Tyler Jones, Thomas Bridges back here with you now. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday between the Rams and the Patriots. And we're going to pick this game coming up in just a little bit from right now. The Patriots are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, according to uh, those guys out in the desert. Uh, They have their line set at that, and uh, we'll get you that uh, prediction coming up in just a little while from right now. But first, let's break down this game. Tom, the uh, quarterback matchup, uh, Goff is the more talented quarterback right now. Better arm, more accurate, but this is still Tom Brady. It it reminds me uh, almost like the AFC Championship matchup where, yes, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now, but Tom Brady is still the best of all time. In this case, Goff is better than Brady right now by every metric. But what he doesn't have is Brady's pedigree and his winning history and tradition and all that that comes with that and and, and the experience uh, as well. When I look at this quarterback matchup, I, I think those two things kind of even themselves out. Uh, either team can win with the quarterback they have. I don't think – uh, if there's anything that gets in the way, I don't think it's going to be quarterback play. I think it's going to be pretty even either way from these quarterbacks. Uh, what you'll you'll see is Brady will get the most out of his team and you know be able to read coverages like no one else can and be able to ma- make adjustments at the line like no one else can. But golf ha- golf has just you know a better skill set, more talent level at this point in his career. I think those two things kind of even themselves out between the two. Yeah, I think they do too. Um, I'm more so worried as a Rams fan, especially I'm more worried about the experience factor. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, you have Gronk there, uh, Chris Hogan, even, uh, he's been here before and he's not even obviously the best receiver on the team. Edelman. Um, you look at, you know, Gronk being there and then just the coaching factor, um, that Sean McVay could be Bill Belichick's son easily. Uh, I mean, that's not even close. Um, so Sean McVay's never been here before. Hell, he's the same age as Julian Edelman, and they faced each other in college football. Uh, if that's not something uh, to talk about, there's so many storylines in this game as far as age goes uh, because they're so different. Uh, and that's the old vets. It's almost like the Rams, uh, you know, the Rams' greatest show on turf and the um, – Patriots were the young guns kind of back in the day. And if the Rams are to win this game, uh, like I hope they do, doesn't necessarily pass the torch in a way. Uh, but that is the storyline kind of everyone's talking about. Um, when you and- went into this matchup, you know, the, the championship games a couple of weeks ago, uh, I told you, Tom, that I said that I felt both games were 50-50 games. They could go either way. I know Saints we were fans. Right. Yeah, we were. We are certainly uh, you know, a player or two differently in either one of these games, and we could have a totally different matchup. We could have Chief Saints if you know that pass interference is called, or if D Ford's not offside. You know, just a few things, and we have a different matchup here. And w- when I look at that, it goes to show just how close this really is. I know that some folks, you know, these these butt hurt Saints fans are saying that the wrong team is in and all this and 
you know, whining all day. Um, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, it sucks to, to lose, but these two teams, I think that it carries over from those conference championships of it's another coin flick game. It really could come down to who has the ball last or who has the ball second to last that didn't leave much time for the opponent to go do something here. I think this is a pretty evenly matched game. I think the Rams uh, probably are a more talented team, but the Patriots are a more you know better coach, a better experienced team. That those two things kind of balance this out. This is another coin flip game. I think you have in this Super Bowl matchup here. Oh, of course it is, and and just with the, even the coaching aspect of the whole ordeal. Uh, I mean, McVay, young coach, would be the youngest coach. Actually, the youngest coach to ever be in a Super Bowl, and if he wins, he would be younger than John Gruden when he won. Younger than Mike Tomlin, yeah. Oh, Mike Tomlin, yeah. So, I mean, the storylines here with this game, uh, does it feel like it's set up? Because you know how the NBA is already. It's drawn out on storyline games and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, this seems a little fishy in, right. a, in a way. I sure. mean, it, it does seem different that, okay, uh, if you look at the storyline, if it would have been Patriots-Saints, you're looking at Breeze, who has won Super Bowl, could be going out on top, uh, versus Brady, who's been there before. Uh, and what we, I was really hoping for, and I, I'm sure you feel the same way, is Mahomes versus Goff, the new era. Um, and what we didn't get, and I think we will get that sooner than we think, uh, this is what, in a way, maybe I'm biased, obviously, but this is what the NFL deserves. Uh, we're looking at passing the torch. Tom Brady's not going to retire, win or lose. At least he says that. Uh, but there's so many storylines to watch in this game. It almost becomes more like a soap opera uh, or a Netflix season series uh, than an actual sports game. Here, here's uh, that what... will get viewers in, but, I, I mean, I'm excited to see the coin flip game because I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. Here's There's what the game's no going to come down to. Here's what the game's going to come down to, Tom. It's going to come down to one thing, and that is going to be can the Rams get enough of a pass rush with their front seven on Brady to win this game? And I think that's the million-dollar question. We'll predict it here in just a second. But to me, that's what I think is going to determine this game. I think the Rams' offense is going to get theirs. Uh, I think that they're going to put up a lot of points and you know, hang at a high level. They're going to do their part. But is the defense going to be able to get pressure on Brady? The Chiefs going to get pe- pressure on Brady. The Chargers going to get pressure on Brady. Uh, we, we've seen this time and time again where teams have struggled to do this. That's been the recipe to defeat New England in the, in the Super Bowl in the past. The Giants did it twice. Philadelphia did it last year. You have to beat them at the line of scrimmage. This game ultimately is going to come down to that front seven of the Los Angeles Rams. And fortunate enough for the Rams, they probably have the best front seven in the National Football League. Yeah, oh, of course. And, and I'm not exactly who, who released this. Um, it actually came out today. Uh, maybe we'll link it on each of our Twitters, but he broke it down in the same way that you just broke it down to, uh, that if the Rams were smart in any way, they would take a page out of the Giants' playbooks and the last time that they played this, played the Patriots in the last two rules that they versed each other in uh, and focus on pressuring Brady. They have to. If they don't, 
uh, Brady's going to pick them apart. Uh, because while they have Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, John Johnson, LaMarcus Joyner, that doesn't matter. They've been lackluster all season. Uh, granted, Aqib Tlaib coming back helped a little bit. Uh, and he has experience. Aqib Tlaib does. At the same time, uh, Brady's too good of a quarterback to even uh, let that be a factor. Um, so it, it is up to Donald. And we can talk about this even more, but I, I think the Dominican Sioux and I think Brockers and obviously uh, Aaron Donald will be the reason uh, or it will be the reason the Rams win or the Rams lose. Um, and it's trending upward that the uh, the Patriots don't really have uh, – they haven't had sacks. Uh, the Chiefs couldn't really do it. The Chargers couldn't really do it. Um, now, they don't have the same defense as the Rams do. Of course not. And, uh, you know, McVay will have some schemes that I think will get Donald some sacks. Uh, but that's exactly what it's going to come down to. Can, can Donald have the same effect that Jason Pierre all had in the Super Bowls? I mean – is that gonna? That has to be it. He he might need a blow his finger off type of performance to I get this done. I hope not. But <laughs> if it if it takes a Super Bowl, I will donate my finger. Right, if that's what it takes to get it done. Uh, I will say, side note, and we'll get back to diving in game in just a second. But side note, Tom, uh, I do find it if there is one thing that. I, I possibly enjoy, or at least the kind of I told you so anyway, it, about this, you know, the Chiefs not getting there, is the fact that Marcus Peters is there and the Chiefs are not there. I, I made it very clear how I felt about that trade from the moment that happened, that I thought it was a bad trade, especially to only get a fourth-round pick. And all these people said all these things about Marcus Peters. Oh, he's a cancer. You know, it's not going to work. You know, he he uh, hurts his team. He does more bad than good. Well, you know what? His team is playing for a championship, and the Chiefs are sitting at home eating barbecue. When their defense was rated 31st in the league. Exactly. So That's true. I, I get you there. Uh, Jones, another point? As and and one on. more thing. One more thing on this. Okay, go for it. Yeah, for sure. No question – KC is playing in this game if Marcus Peters is on this team. Just to be clear on that, um, he would have got this team uh, well over the edge, well over the top to get to this game if he's a part of this team. Uh, that defense would be so much better off in that secondary if he was there. So, yeah, I mean, this team, uh, I think that, you know, considering he was still on a rookie contract and they let him go for a fourth-round pick and they're not in the Super Bowl because of it, I think that's another one of those decisions that Chiefs fans uh, should be hanging on to for a long time. That that's that's yeah. another one where you say, uh, "How did you let that one slip away? How did you make that decision go by?" I can get that now. Now, as a you know, as a secondary Chiefs fan, uh, in yourself, what do you? Was it it was Fuller that they got from the Redskins? Is that right? Yes, they got Fuller. Would you? Wouldn't you, you love to see? I, I thought he didn't do too bad of a job. Fuller did okay. He didn't do great. Um, you know, they he was a slot corner in Washington, which he was great at being a slot corner. And Bob Sutton was committed to making trying to make him a lockdown corner to you know cover X receivers on the outside, and it was kind of hit and miss. I would have loved to see. Here's what I loved loved to see, Tom. If they would have kept Marcus Peters had him covering X receivers on the outside and had Kendall Fuller on the inside against slot receivers, to me that would have been a nightmare to deal with 
uh, as far as secondary goes. And obviously Eric Berry missed a lot of this season, and Daniel Sorensen wasn't very good at times. But that would have gone a long way to have Marcus Peters just to give you the ability to move Kendall Fuller around a little bit there. Oh, of course it would have been. And, and just just the fact that they traded Marcus Peters, and, and us Rams fans don't think that even Peters had that great uh, of, of a season. And, and he had his shining moments, but at times he got burnt. And, and Oh, that first Saints game, he was with. horrible. Yeah, I mean, you have to live with that. He got, I mean, Akeem Tlaib coming back saved his ass in the conference championship game. Uh, because if Akeem Tlaib doesn't come back in that game, uh, I think Michael Thomas has the same performance he did in Week Nine. Uh, that's not up for discussion. Uh, that's not even not even debatable. Uh, because Akeem Tlaib coming back uh, saved his ass. That that is one of the main reasons the Rams, despite the pass interference call, were able to do what they were able to do in coming back against the Saints. Right. Uh, now another point, uh, Jones. Tell me what you think here. Uh, Todd Gurley in the NFC Championship game uh, didn't wasn't so hot, and even in the divisional round against uh, the Cowboys wasn't, you know he got outplayed by C.J. Anderson, and that's all good and okay. Um, that C.J. Anderson had a day, that's fine uh, because Todd Gurley still got his. Uh, but at the end of the day, when we talk about the Rams' chances, we talk about Aaron Donald. Uh, getting to Tom Brady. We talk about the whole front seven getting to Tom Brady, putting the pressure on him. But we also, I think, need to address uh, that Todd Gurley has to have a day uh, and not only score and not only put up rushing yards, but I think it's critical for the Rams to do the same uh, as they did to the Cowboys and, and not pretty much not let them have the ball. Uh, you have to keep it away from Tom Brady to win. I agree, uh, but I'll, I'll, say, I'll disagree on this note is that I don't think it has to be Todd. If C.J., it, it's like basketball. Oh, if a guy okay. has got the hot hand and is just shooting threes and keeps on making, um, you, you go with that. You keep doing that so thing. one of the running backs, the running one of them. game. If it's, if it's C.J.'s day, if it's C.J.'s day, keep going with C.J. That's fine. If it's Gurley's day, then go with Todd. I, I think it just has to be one of the two, if not both. It has to be both. the rushing game. Right. We, I mean – as good of Goff has been these last two seasons, and, and yeah, he had his rough moments. He really did. Uh, and there were a lot of Rams fans across the internet that said, hey, maybe like he's going through a rough time. It was right after the bye week, right, right. after the Rams beat the Chiefs. Uh, when he came back, was not the same for like three games. Uh, they were lucky to beat the Lions. Uh, they really were. The defense saved that game. Oh, he uh, was looking like he was mistake. really missing Cooper Cup there early on after oh, he went for down. for sure. And, and, and as a Rams fan, we would love to have Cooper Cup back for this game. Uh, but I think we went through enough trials. I say we. I think the Rams have went through enough trials and tribulations, learned to play without him, um, that I think they'll be fine. But this is not the game to rely on Jared Goff. It's his coming out party if he shows up and wins for sure, but I do not want, I do not want as a Rams fan this game to come down to whether Jared Goff, uh, you know, picks apart the Patriots defense because I don't think that will happen. I think he does have a good game, um, but I don't want it to rely on his shoulders, so to speak, uh, for the Rams winning this game, or it might not be good. We mentioned the coaching uh, Jared matchup. Jared Goff is still young. He's still young. 
Right, right. We mentioned the coaching matchup, just, you know, how Belichick's been here. He's done that. Uh, he has experience in these huge moments and everything. You're right, it's a big deal. I get that. But on Sean McVay's side of things, with that, what he does in some of these games, I mean, he has looked like one of the best coaches in the league the last two years for a reason. But one of those reasons is the ability that he has shown to, you know, catch teams off guard with, you know, these, whether it's fake punts or uh, the way that they've designed stuff, you know, run a no huddle at times, whatever. I feel like, Tom, that there's going to have to be a moment in this game, whether it's converting a fourth down they're not supposed to, whether it's a trick play of some sorts, you know, you know whatever it is. I feel like there is going to need to be at least one moment where Sean McVay's coaching genius comes out on display and catches New England off guard with something. If they're going to do something out of this world, I feel like that's what it's going to take. You need those magical moments to win these type of games, to win these, you know, win a Super Bowl like this. And I would be shocked if McVay doesn't have something up his sleeve uh, that they have been saving for this game. And and uh, Zerline has done a great job with some of these fakes and such in the past. I'm sure they have something ready to go. Oh, of course they do. And you saw it against the Saints. And, and one thing you can't not say about McVeigh is that you have to say he has a set. Uh, he showed it all season in the same way that the Colts, uh, the Colts coach showed it, uh, that he wasn't scared. To, you know, he wasn't scared to go for it. And the difference there is when they do the fake punts, it's Johnny Hecker, uh, who used to be a college QB. Um, and, and, you know, you can't thank the specialists enough, not only – uh, Johnny Hecker making passes uh, when they do the fakes, but also you got to be grateful for Zerline because last year when the Rams were in this position, Zerline was hurt, and they had a guy named San, Sam Ficken, uh, and he thickened up a lot. Um, so it's just so nice this year that the Rams do have that kicker they can rely on. They relied him on on the NFC Championship game. Uh, and they might have to continue to rely on him uh, against the Patriots uh, in the same way the Patriots relied on Adam Vinatieri. I'm not calling Greg Zerline Adam Vinatieri in his prime, uh, but over the past couple of years, they don't call him Greg Leg for nothing. Right. Uh, so it's going to take a full effort from the Rams because I think you need a full effort, you need a complete game to outsmart Belichick. You have to. Yeah, absolutely you do. You do, uh, no doubt about that. Tom, uh, let's go ahead and uh, pick this game now. Uh, we've broken it down in about every way possible and talked about this game throughout the show a lot. And this is our final pick of the season. You are one game back of Billy entering the final game of the season. So this is how it's going to work, folks, uh, as far as a possible tiebreaker scenario if we need to get to this point. We are going to pick the game against the spread and then – we are going to pick a score as well. Essentially, um, you know, we'll, we'll put the score there as a tiebreaker. But if you know Thomas is a game back of Billy, if they pick opposite from each other, um, if they pick opposite from each other of this Super Bowl, the tiebreaker actually is who gets the pick right of this game because they'd have the same record, so it'd come down to this game essentially. And then we'll throw in that score, you know, to add to it. Um, so Tom, here you go. You need to gain a game on Billy chiefs. Uh, the uh, Rams are a two and a half point underdog against new England. Are you going to take 
New England to cover, or are your Rams going to pull through and win the Super Bowl? Remember, also, folks, um, this is our gambling picks first. I mean, he could pick New England to uh, to uh, cover this game, uh, but he could pick you know the Rams to uh, to win it. You know, based on his score. When we'll do that prediction later. So this is more on the gambling aspect. Two and a half on New England, Tom. Who you got? If you could guess off the top of your head, Jones, just for laughs, before, side note, before we, you know, before this whole season even started, uh, Jones, I think you picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl, and I think you picked the Texans. And I picked the Rams to win it all. And by some stroke of luck, which just never happens for me, um, I picked the Rams and the Patriots to be in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. Uh, and I picked the Rams to win it, and I still have to stay with that pick. Uh, even through gambling purposes and through what I really think, uh, I don't know if we give our score here or not, but I'm going to go Rams 41-37. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I got them to cover and win this game outright. I think that they are the better team. I think that they're well-coached. They have everything there. Uh, New England, you know, has done a great job to get to this point. It is still Tom Brady. We've said from the get-go, this is a coin flip game. Could go either way. Not going to shock me one way or the other one bit who wins this game. Um, And I was wrong on picking both conference championship games last week, so it tells you all I need to know. Um, But I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams to win this game and to cover. Uh, I think it's going to be – Lower scoring than what Tom said. I think it's still a high-scoring game, but not quite. I, I got the Rams, Tom. Here, here's my score. I'm going to go with the Rams 34-31. Do you think it comes down to a last-second field goal, or how do you think it shakes out? Uh, I don't know necessarily how they get to that point, but I do think the Rams uh, end up winning by three. I think that both teams are going to have to kick field goals at some point. They will get stops. I don't think this is going to be a touchdown uh, circus the entire game. I do think teams will kick field goals in this one, but I like the Rams to uh, squeak it out 34-31. Well, I appreciate your support. Well, uh, I'm just glad you didn't take that as a curse. Yeah, we. well, I don't know. With the way your whole season's been and pick them, I, I don't know how I feel. Uh, I'm still going to finish above 500. There, so. no, yeah, there you go. That That is, uh, you know, I hope that. I hope that everyone roots against the Patriots uh, in a weird way, except Billy. I hope he I hope he picks the Patriots and he's wrong. Right. Uh, but, I mean, like you said at the beginning of this whole thing, it, it's a coin flip game. I would not be surprised if the Patriots won this. Right. And, and Tom, t- tell me your perspective on this, and then we'll move on, is, you know, for, for the Rams just to be here is such an accomplishment considering how miserable uh, the last, you know, 17 years have been for this franchise is it are, are you feeling the sense of you know hey it's accomplishment to be where they are or are you going to feel pretty empty if they do lose this game where's your sense right now as, as the Rams fan you are you know I was so happy for them to make it if they do lose yes I'll be disappointed um but at the same time I'll be happy that they did make it uh because it is an accomplishment um just because Throughout, even throughout the whole my whole high school days, even middle school, people said, "Oh, you know, who are you a fan of?" Oh, I'm a Rams fan. They're like, "Why are you a Rams fan?" 
they're trash or they're terrible or they go like two and fourteen. Uh, and a lot of people, and you know how it is, uh, they'll switch teams. They'll just go from team to team, kind of like the Warriors happened. Uh, and I still I had to stick with the Rams the whole time. I never switched up. You stuck with them even when they team. left St. Louis. And, and you know, I was mad the first year. I was. I was a little upset just because you know I didn't have any ties to St. Louis. Uh, but it's a little different identity to me. Um, so I was a little heartbroken. But now, uh, you know, I think they've got it together. I, I think it was a little bit intentional uh, of the nosedive of the franchise in St. Louis so that they could make it okay to move to Los Angeles or that there would be less resistance in. I don't think that's – I think everybody would kind of agree there. Um, but if they lose – yeah, I'll be a little disappointed, but at the same time, you got to, from where they've came from, uh, it's kind of what Sean McVay's done. It's kind of an incredible turnaround. I would only be disappointed because Sean McVay kind of just went balls to the walls this past offseason on trying to get players um, to go and actually win the Super Bowl. So uh, I believe in Sean McVay. I think a lot of other people do. Uh, a lot of people at the beginning of the season said you can't have Nanaba Kinsu, uh, Marcus Peters. Uh, keep to leave in the same locker room and not have problems, uh, and he's proven them wrong. So, uh, with that said, go Rams, beat the Patriots. I think they can do it, but I would not be shocked if Tom Brady uh, breaks my heart again. I'll say this: my final point on this game is that we can't forget where the Rams came from and their success uh, without recognizing that you know, hey, this is Jeff Fisher's team. You know, Jeff Fisher yeah. put this together and worked so hard so many years for them to get to this point. It, it would be wrong of us not to acknowledge the the man, the myth, the legend that made this all happen. You know, I mean, you, maybe maybe they'll give him a ring for sinking the team. No more seven and nine bull. <laughs> That's one of the greatest quotes on Hard Knocks that you'll ever hear. Oh yes. So good, so good. Um, but Jeff Fisher, uh, I, I, you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit. You know, this is his team. You know, he drafted these players. You know, this this is Jeff Fisher's guys, and he doesn't get to be a part of it. Like I, I think he that drafted Jared Goff. He did, he did. Where would they be without Jeff Fisher? That's the million dollar question right now. They'd probably still have Nick Foles. <laughs> That's true. That's true, and and still get the Super Bowl somehow with Foles. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right, uh, Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. There you go. But uh, you have it there, Rams and a okay, Patriots. Okay, one more point. Okay, go ahead. If you think the Rams are going to win? Who's going to be the Super Bowl MVP? The Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I am going to say that uh, it's going to be golf. I do think so. But if there's going to be a defensive player. Uh, you know, I mean, like if they give a defensive award, it, it's going to be you know Aaron Donald. Uh, Donald is going to be who gets the defensive side. I, I would say those are going to be the two impact players. It's going to come down to the two best players on this team. I mean, other than Gurley, uh, are going to be what decides this game is those two's performance. Um, I, I, I like those two. What about you, Tom? Uh, you know, if I think it comes down to Goff and Gurley, unless Aaron Donald has three sacks or like a forced fumble. Uh, if he has three sacks and a forced fumble or something like that crazy stat line, I think it's got to be Aaron Donald because he's been the best defensive player all year. Uh, he almost broke the sack record. Uh, you don't only have to give it to him maybe for an awesome performance in the Super Bowl, uh, but if they do win, kind of a, a thank you for 
the season they put up anyway. Um, if it's going to be Goff or Gurley, I think it comes down to who has the most touchdowns. Right. Um, so, you know, if Goff throws for three and Gurley scores one rushing, I think it goes without question that it would have to be Goff. But if it's the other way around and Gurley has a day, uh, I think you also have to give it to the reigning offensive player of the year. Who's going to be the uh, best defensive player on the field for uh, L.A.? I, I think that goes without saying. I think that's got to be – I think that has to be uh, Aaron Donald. Okay. I'd be shocked if it was anybody else. Yeah, I might be happy if it's somebody else because that means Aaron Donald still, get his, still gets his. Right. He's still going to get his. He, I mean, he, he and Khalil Mack are still the – Top two defensive players in the league, and he'll show up. Uh, I don't think anybody has any doubts that's going to be the case. Um, we'll get to uh, Tom Fullery coming up here in just a few moments. Before we do, let's uh, talk some Big 12 basketball real quick, Tom. What is going on with KU right now? We, we talked about it at the top of the show. I went out to Lexington and saw them lose to uh, Kentucky. Uh, you know, They got outscored you know, big time in that second half, ended up losing by 10. Then they lose to Texas. In Austin, a bad Texas team by 10. They're now tied for third in the Big 12 with Texas Tech and Iowa State, and they got a big game against the Red Raiders this weekend. You know, Normally, I would say, I, I would just go ahead and say that, hey, uh, KU's not going to win the Big 12, more than likely this year. But if there's one thing going for this team in the direction right now is, Everyone else is kind of you know lollygagging around as well. K State and Baylor are top the league right now. I don't think Baylor's there to last. Iowa State and Texas Tech—they've each lost games that they shouldn't have to this point. Um, you know, KU still has some time to figure this out. If if they can, they still have time to do so. It's not too late. But they are getting a lot of help right now. On any other year, if this was last year, the year before, year before that, then say, you know what, KU's not the best team in this league. These other teams are too good. They're not going to win the conference. They are getting a lot of help right now considering how bad this Kansas team is playing. Yeah, oh, yeah, they are. It's like almost like last year all over again. It's like how can they keep getting this much help? They're, they're blowing it, and at the same time, other teams are like, no, no, we don't want this trick to be over just yet. Right. Go ahead. I don't understand it. I don't either. Because if you were to ask me who who is better than Kansas right now, I would say Texas Tech is a better team than Kansas. I would say Iowa State is probably a better team than Kansas. I don't think Baylor is. KU won in Waco there. Um, in K-State, I think it's 50-50. We'll learn a lot in that matchup when they play on Tuesday. But there's at least two teams I think that are better than KU is at the moment right now. Uh, of where they stand. And so they are getting a lot of help at the moment. And if they could just find some way, if they can get another rim protector, whether that can be Silvio de Souza comes back and is ruled eligible, or David McCormack or Mitch Lightfoot step in and be another rim protector, and if they can shoot the ball better, then they got a chance to still keep this alive. That's the other thing that people keep forgetting about in all this, Tom, in this Big 12 race and possibly the streak ending for KU, they don't have to win the league outright. They just have to win a share. In this streak of 14 straight, I believe it's three times they've shared the league in that stretch. So, you know, I mean, a couple more, you know, get a little bit more help if that continues, and then finally figure themselves out, have a turning point. 
they could still win a share of this league. I'm not at that point yet where I think that KU is, where I can say confidently KU is not going to win the Big 12. But I am at a point, Tom, where I can say, you know what, I, I feel like KU is going to share this league, but I don't feel confident at all at saying that. I am still waiting for that moment for KU to still turn a corner, and it hasn't happened yet. We still have a whole month of February. A lot of time. There is. I mean, I feel like last year we had the same combo of this could be the year, this could be the year, what happens, KU ends up winning it. Um, just the way, you know, K-State looked really strong early on, and I think they were the only Big 12 team to lose to an SEC team. Granted, it was Texas A&M. Texas A&M is terrible, too. That was a bad loss. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so it's just so odd, right? I, I don't Right. Know. Just when I think that we – me every year. Just when we think we have this figured out. We don't. Exactly. Uh, you know, I mean – It's been that way for years. It's a mess. It's almost frustrating. Right? And that's what's going to give KU an opportunity is these other teams are still figuring themselves out, too. Um, you know, when they ran into Kentucky last week, they they ran into a team that has figured things out. Kentucky's won, you know, six, seven straight now. They've won big-time games on the road. They ran into a team that struggled early on, that figured them th- themselves out, and now Kentucky could win the national championship. KU is far from that right now where they're playing. There, there's The thing that, that is the biggest problem with this Kansas team is that they don't do any particular thing well. You know, Yudoka Azubuki went out and you lost your 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 bit your best big, true big. You know, Dedrick Lawson is a stretch for. Um, I won't consider him. I'm, you know, I'm talking you know true bigs. You know, uh, Azubuki's gone. You lose him, and so you don't have a true inside presence uh, where you can just dominate and you know, rebound well and do all that. You don't have that. You don't have good three point shooting. They struggle at the free throw line. Uh, they don't rebound well in any of that. That, to me, is concerning when you look about this team going forward. Um, they don't defend well. That, that even with last year's team, you could say, well, they're still a really good three-point shooting team. Or the Perry Ellis team was still a really good rebounding team his senior year. That's where I look at you know, going forward is there's not something this team can turn to and say, well, we're just going to focus on something that we do well. Because there's not a single thing they do well other than Dedrick Lawson plays, you know, he plays good every single night. But other than that, that's it. There's not a specific thing as a team they do well. They don't play team basketball right now. Yeah, and early on it looked like Vic was going to be the savior. Vic was going to be the one that, you know, bailed them out. And then now, like we even mentioned off the show, that has been so inconsistent that you just don't know anymore. Yeah. You just don't know what to expect. And, and – uh, you know, granted, they're playing in Lexington in, in a pretty hostile environment, and then you get Texas to come back and beat them. Uh, I feel like, though, Jones, at this same time last year, we could even go back and look. We had the same concerns about this KU team. We we thought they weren't playing team basketball. We thought they didn't have it together, that they lacked an identity, uh, that we did know who KU was that season. And then they got it together, and then they proved us all wrong. And it was like, are you serious? Why would you blue ball us this whole time only to get it together? Right. I, I, it, it seems like we have this discussion every see, single year. Yes. I can see the same thing happening. Uh, and so until the month of February passes or even halfway through, 
I, I mean, the jury is way out on this. It just ah, it's very frustrating. I could uh, see multiple uh, teams tying for this Big Twelve title when it's all said and done. Oh, easily it could be Iowa State, K State, Tech, KU. I mean, what's the what's the biggest tie there's ever been? That's a good question. I know that in the Big Twelve era, there's been three teams to tie for the conference title before. I can see it happening. This could be the year it happens again. If, I would not be shocked. Who is the? You know, we we asked this question a couple weeks ago, but it's a good point to check back on this right now. Who is the biggest threat to Kansas at the moment to win the Big Twelve? Is it Iowa State? Is it Texas Tech? Is it K State? Baylor's in the equation now. Who who's who's the biggest threat at the moment? You know, I think it's got to be Tech, and then it's got to be either K State or Iowa State, uh, and then after that, I'm not buying Baylor. No, oh no, I'm not buying Baylor either. No, bracketology. Joe Lenardi barely has them as a tournament team right now, and yet they're you know atop the Big Twelve conference. I don't think that's here to last. Um, Bruce Weber made a good point this week. He said that. Um, no one would have thought at this point in the year that K-State and Baylor would be a tied for the top of the league at the moment. Um, uh, you know, I don't think that KU will break the streak, that they won't win the league right now, but I would predict a share with uh, – I'm with you. I, I think I would predict a share between them, Tech, and Iowa State at the moment. I don't think they lose it, but I do think we're looking at a shared title – uh, if the season were to end, let's say at the end of the week, uh, there would be a shared title. I think based on what things have, unless something drastically changes, uh, that's the other thing with this time is that um, you know last year they added Silvio De Souza in in February. Um, they're hoping that he plays this year. They, they don't know, but if this roster stays as is, I don't know if this team is going to improve. I think that they kind of who they they are who they are right now. That could be very well, and I don't think he would be remiss in saying that um, that either Tech or Iowa State or KU would all share the title. Uh, that is that it's very you know a very good point. There's no clear winner right now, like you said, Baylor. I don't believe in them, uh, but KU could very well be who they are. From what we know. I still wouldn't be shocked if KU just got it together and figured this whole thing out uh, and came through. Uh, and, and until mid-February, I'm still going to say that because I, I think they can. Uh, you know KU a lot better than I do, um, so I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Tom. To I'll add this. I'll, I'll add this one point, then we'll move on. I, I think that Bill's most impressive coaching job was the Elite Eight team he took at Tulsa, turning that team to an Elite Eight team. If if Bill Self can turn this team into a conference outright champion, forget what they do in the tournament, um, if he can just win the conference outright, this would be his second most impressive coaching job. I don't think that he'll ever have a more impressive coaching job than what he did at TU. Uh, even the national championship wasn't as impressive as what he did there. But this would be, I think, the second most impressive if he can pull this off with this group, if he can turn him into an outright Big 12 champion? I mean, it is Bill Self. Oh, it, it is. would be very impressive. You know, not as impressive as TU, but very close. Yeah. Uh, is KU going to win the national championship no. this year? No. No, at the uh, moment uh, right now, they look like an early weekend exit, the first weekend. 
Yeah, uh, with Boston, Texas, yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, we can only go off what we know so far. Uh, but Bill Self has proved myself wrong before. He's proved you wrong before. Uh, that's what he's good at. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I would not be shocked. I would still have faith in your team. Until they lose their streak, I'm still saying KU's going to win it. Whether that be a shared title or not, uh, they're going to have a piece of it. We'll see. We'll ultimately see. Uh, before we get out of here today, Tom, time for our Tom Fullery story of the week this week. Where does uh, the uh, segment take us this time? So, Jones, this takes us not too far from where we're at right now. It takes us to Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, Arkansas. Uh, so, title reads, Arkansas man, 19, admits trying to steal a plane to see a rap concert. Now, Jones, just based off the headline title, uh, if you had to, to steal a plane or attempt to, to go see a rap concert, I think I know your answer. Uh, but if you had to, who would you go see? I would go see uh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, well, I was going to think you were going to say Mo Bamba. Oh, Sheck West? Um, I might yeah, actually. Oh, yeah, Sheck West. I'm sorry. I'm actually looking um, at possibly going and seeing Travis Scott and Sheck West uh, in a couple weeks in KC. I, I know I'm not going to fit in, look, belong to that crowd, but I just might go. Hey, if you could get some not floor seats – um, but I, you know, if I had free tickets and I was in the area, I might go just to see what was up. But uh, this guy, Jones. I got uh, I got people calling. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. Yeah. You're calling to get tickets. But uh, guy, this guy, 19-year-old Arkansas man, was sentenced to five years probation after he pleaded guilty to trying to steal a commercial plane so he could fly to Chicago for a rap concert. So I'm thinking it's going to be a big-time rapper. Zamarcus Scott of Texarkana pleaded guilty Thursday to attempted theft of property and commercial burglary. Uh, Scott must pay a $1,000 fine and court costs and must participate in whatever mental health treatment the probation department deems necessary. Scott was found in the cockpit of an American Eagle twin jet at Texarkana Regional Airport on July 4th and hoped to fly to an out-of-state concert by rapper Famous Dex, authorities said. They also said the jet was undamaged. Police said he told investigators he thought piloting the plane would involve little more than pushing buttons and pulling levers. He has no training as a pilot. In December, he was finally mentally competent to stand trial. Uh, Jones, I don't even know who Famous Dex is. I don't either. I, you know, I'm not up on the rap game by any means. Uh, but there's no way that I'm stealing a plane. I mean, from Arkansas. Texarkana is like North Arkansas. To drive to Chicago, like, you could rent a car or you could find a way better. Take a Greyhound bus uh, and figure that out much better than you could even attempt to fly a plane. Not only does it put others in danger, but it puts your immediate life in danger if he was to get that in the air. Um, granted, he didn't. But if you're going to put your life on the line, don't put it on a rapper that I don't even know. At least if you were going to do it, say, if you stole the plane and got there that you would get to meet Drake backstage or something. Don't just put it on a Famous Dex concert. Not I'm, to mention... I'm tempted to look up Famous Dex. Not to he mention... pretty good. Did, did this guy not think he was going to get caught? I mean, you, you stole yeah. a, a freaking plane. Of course you're going to get caught. Not a personal plane, a commercial jet. 
that that's not going to be hard to figure out who stole that thing either. Not only when they find it missing, they're going to be like, okay, so it's landing here. The right? planes have GPSs. They're going to find you. Do you think you're really going to get to go to the concert if you successfully fly that plane? Clearly, no. this was not well thought out. No, I mean... They found him mentally competent, but I think you got to be pretty damn stupid to even attempt that. Right? You would think. I don't I'm think there's... I'm to look up famous decks. There right is now. no way, there is no one in the world worth seeing uh, to steal a plane for, Tom. You know, I might, for meet and greet passes to see John Mayer if I was on my dying, dying day. So, if you're on your dying day, and you could fly and meet him... Or go to jail on your dying day, then you might do that. I, I would think about it. If it's your dying day, that's a whole nother factor, though. This no, kid was yeah, 19. No, if you were definitely going to die within the next two days, I would do it. There's oh, yeah. A lot of There's a lot of. Exactly. There's a lot of things I would do if I knew I was about to die compared I to. I would be stealing car. You know, I mean, I think a normal person would attempt. Right, this guy was 19 years old. He's got a lot of life ahead of him. Yeah, he's lucky to get five year, five years probation and not like a terrorism charge. How did he only get a th like? What was his fine? A thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is not just a personal plane. That dude has got jet. quite People the lawyer. Fly on this. That lawyer that he's got deserves a raise. Oh yeah, he does. Can you imagine getting out of that with just a thousand dollars and five years probation? Now, granted, if he commits even like a, if he gets, I don't know, caught with weed in Arkansas, he's serving the rest on paper. So if he got caught with weed tomorrow, he's doing four years at least. Right. Um, so I mean, he has to stay in good standing. But I think after you've got found in a cockpit, uh, literally about to try to fly a plane out of Arkansas, I think it would wake you up just a little bit. This is maybe or more actual Tom Fullery stories. We do a lot of funny ones. Or, uh, here's here's another perspective, Tom. This guy has got such a good attorney, he could think, well, I can do whatever I want because my attorney's going to find a way to get me out of it. I mean, I, at the end of the day, he's still not going to get to see the concert. I mean, you'd be better off taking a Greyhound bus or something like that. But, I mean, as far as going forward in the future of some of these things that you say that, oh, he's on probation all this, well, he's got a pretty good attorney to get him out of some of this stuff. Yeah, he would have to. It couldn't have been a state-appointed attorney. There's no oh, way. Oh, no way. No Unless way. Unless he had a clean record before, and they just were like, well, we'll just, you know. If they wanted to make an example out of this guy, they easily could have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm glad they didn't. A lot of people do stupid things when they're that age, but I would never even consider that. Stealing an airplane. That's that's next level. I mean, he played way, way too much Grand Theft Auto for this. Yeah, he, he was like on expert level. Except if he, I guess if he were really on expert level, he would have completed the mission. He, he got stopped. He, his, his Xbox turned off uh, towards the end there. He should have used like VR or something to get in there. Right. And maybe he would have had a shot if he would have told you which lever is a presser. At least like Microsoft Air Flight Simulator or something to that. Right? You would think. Jones. So did he, tell so me this, stupid. Tom. Uh, did, so did he land the plane or did somebody take it over no, to land it? No, he didn't, even get, he didn't even get to take off from the airport. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good for all those involved. 
Yeah, no, Joe. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It could have went a lot worse. Yeah, and and this was during the government shutdown when uh, TSA and all them were weren't, weren't getting paid. No, this was they just filed this. So this was in, on the Fourth of July last year. Okay, so it was a while ago. Gotcha, gotcha. But just now, I mean, still. But still, holiday. You know, those guys are, you know, wishing they were with their families. Instead, they're top, stopping people from stealing airplanes. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it would be a, a very eventful day if you worked at that airport or you had anything to do with it. But at the same time, like, being 19, I get it. But at the same time, if he was to actually get that plane up in the air, uh, he could have hurt a lot of people. I mean, this could have wrecked it. Not only killed himself, but, you know, killed anybody else uh, in the in the immediate area. I mean, this comes down to, like, okay, man, you, you know, you want to... I don't know, name your misdemeanor crime and do whatever, uh, selling drugs or even, you know, doing some petty stuff, graffiti even. Right. Uh, but when you take it to this level of literally endangering your life and others, uh, just to see a rap concert, if he was going to, like, could fly a plane from Arkansas uh, to, like, let's say Wyoming and get, you know, the only way he could get it, hypothetically, is, like, to get his... Uh, get a heart for his mom to save her life. Okay, one thing, I probably would do that. Uh, but this is to see some rapper that's, you know, the tickets to this thing probably cost $15 to get in. Right. And it's not, is he that, I mean, if he's good enough to be in Chicago rapping, uh, then I, I'm sure he could play at a small venue like the Vanguard in Tulsa or name a name your small venue. Probably uh, play in sure Texarkana. Come, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he would probably come to Fayetteville eventually. Right? Yeah, I'm sure. You would, you would think. Now, Tom, uh, at, at, when we were that age, we, we weren't stealing stuff like that. I, I think the statute of limitations has passed where you can say um, there was a, a, a thing you did steal while you were at OSU, but it wasn't near to this level. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, all we really did was take uh, street signs. I'll, I'll, leave it at, I'll leave it at that. We won't say which ones, and we won't say where from. There were other things, but we will leave that up to the uh, the imagination to uh, guess what those things were. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Leave it up to the imagination of the uh, the beholder to, to figure out what that was, Tom. Yeah, we never stole an airplane, though. No, no, never did that. No, no, we never went to Stillwater Regional and attempted that. I've uh, attempted a lot of things. I'll, I'll say this uh, much. This is, this is what I've that. done. I, uh, more than a time or two when I was about 18 or 19, and maybe this isn't so bad, I don't know, uh, I did uh, borrow my, my parents' vehicles a few times without asking. Do they know that? No, not, I mean, unless they're listening now. Okay, so they will eventually listen. There was a, there was a time in particular I actually went to a party um, and didn't ask if I could go, didn't ask if I could use the vehicle. I even went on the turnpike, and I didn't even think about it until afterwards. I'm like, oh, crap, I went on the turnpike. They're going to figure this out. And they never said anything. So I guess they never connected the two, or Dad didn't look at the turnpike receipt close enough to realize it. All right, well, there you go. So That or they knew that, and they just pulled it happen. Right. The, the, I'll say this. The, the party of all things, you're, you're going to like this, Tom. It was uh, – it was Big Al Jerkins' retirement party at Flying T. What? <laughs> yes. 
that that is the party that uh, I borrowed the family vehicle without asking and uh, went to. You didn't think they were gonna let you go? Um, I uh, I can't remember why I exactly didn't ask, uh, but uh, I I think that uh, I think that my parents were off doing something and I didn't want to bother them, and you know I I was uh, allowed to do things at this party even though I was under age. Um, so there, there was a few things that went along with that. Let's just we'll put it that way. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll do the same way as uh, the Stillwater, my Stillwater shenanigans. So there we go. I I, uh, we'll I borrowed those, or we'll stole my parents' vehicle without asking and went to Bill, Big Al Jerkins retirement party. So there we go. There's my truth. Uh, we have all left that there. And on that do, note. Do you feel better? That I've got that out there? Yeah, you know what? Actually, I do. I do feel better now that I've, I've put this out there. I felt like I got go. that off my chest. Yeah, there we go. Yes. Um, but let, let's just say this time, there, there are more things that each of us have done, but we'll leave that up to the imagination to uh, kind of guess what those are. But uh, we, we've laid out our things that we've done because we are human just like the rest of you guys, uh, the authenticity. Um, and if you know, know us and care to hear more, um, we can probably share with you over a cold one, just not over the air. Let's put let, let, yeah. that's yeah, fair, right, yeah. Tom? If you buy it, yeah. If you buy the cold one, if you buy the cold one, we can tell you more of the things we've done because we're a bunch of devils. You know, these the two of us. We're it doesn't get more badass than uh than Jones and Tom. Um, yeah, especially right, together. Right, exactly. Oh, we're a dream team together. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's get out of here before we say too much. Uh, big thanks to Omar Ruiz for joining us here on the Jones Report. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, uh, and also uh, follow us on social media at Tyler Jones Live, at Thomas underscore Bridges, at TJ Media Group on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, uh, Tyler Jones Media Group. You can find us there. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hope you enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll see you right back here next week on the Jones Report. For Thomas Bridges, I'm Tyler Jones. Six so long. This has been another edition of the Jones Report. We'll see you next week. The Jones Report. F- yeah.